Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. My name is Alicia Renice, and I am happy that you're here. As I did last week, um, this week I have been doing imperfection sessions, which is a challenge that I set for myself where I go live every day for 14 days, offering a bit of encouragement and love to people who need it, including myself. And so I want to share another episode of that with you. Um, And today we're going to be talking about failure and how failure is something that stops us from pursuing the things we should pursue. It's something that we use to box ourselves into a jail cell and how we can become free and how we should fail often. So please take a listen. Let me know what you think. And until next week, you guys have a lovely week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. When we dream, we think of our dreams in the best possible light, right? Like we dream very loftily. I don't even know if that's a word. And we dream like with our whole hearts. And so sometimes we create these dreams in our heads, um, like the outcome, but we also pay attention to how we want the process to go and what we want the outcome to come out as, right? Um, And the thing is, the problem with that is that we dream these perfect things, but we're not perfect. And the road to chasing a goal, chasing a dream isn't perfect either. You know, you've seen those um, diagrams where it says we think that the road to chasing a dream is this way, when in reality it's like this and then it swirls and then it goes forward and it comes back. The road to success is very messy. It's very rocky. It's very um, uh, unconventional and it's very, um, it can be very discouraging for a lot of people, especially when we have in our minds the way that we want things to turn out. And so we need to give ourselves permission to be bad at something. If we know that we're flawed human beings, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect, right? That doesn't make any sense. Um, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't put like on a five-year-old who's going to school, right? Um, we wouldn't put this pressure on them to know calculus, you know what I'm saying? To be perfect, to be a perfect mathematician or a perfect um, English, you know, writer, I don't know, a perfect English student. Like, no, because they're five, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're trying to master, I guess, depending on like what level you are, you're trying to master writing your R's the right way or making it make sense why they're there and they're all spelled differently and they sound the same, right? Like kids fail all the time. You know, we talked about yesterday about how babies, like they fall on their faces and unless we tell them that you should be ashamed, you should be ashamed of yourselves, they're not. Like they get up, they're resilient. They're like, okay, well, let's keep pushing. Let's keep walking. But as we get older, we become risk averse and we become a lot more harder on ourselves, which is not fair. Um, So, yeah, we need to give ourselves permission to be bad at something. You know, everybody that we look up to that we think is perfect, that we think is brilliant, that we um, are that we are admiring. They were bad at that thing. Everyone that we're trying to be like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they had their process that we didn't see that they were imperfect, that they were struggling, that they were messing up that they were throwing things away, that they scrapped the whole thing and started all over. You know, you look at the great inventors of our time and a lot of them had a lot of failed experiments, a lot of failed um, projects, you know what I'm saying? And, and so we, but we, you know, because we see our mess, because we see our imperfections, we see the things that we screw up on. We're so hard on ourselves because we have this laundry list of failures um, on our lives, on our lives list, you know? Um, but again, we just didn't see their process. That's the only difference because I'm sure they were beating themselves up too. Right. But they had enough, um, enough, enough pride and enough courage to keep going and to keep pursuing their dream. That's the only difference, right? Um, the fear of looking bad at something is paralyzing for a lot of people. You know, we, like I said, we dream big, we dream perfect, right? We think of the best possible outcome. We think, that we know what we think success is. In reality, a lot of times we don't know what what success is for us, right? We know what success is 
um, to other people who we look up to. But for ourselves, we have to redefine what success is. So yeah, so um, we dream in these perfect conditions. And so if we, f- if we feel like anything is going to go awry, if we feel like anything's not necessarily like perfectly ready, that lessens the chance that we're going to take a risk and actually try something new. That lessens the chance that we're going to do it publicly even, um, but sometimes even personally, you know? So we're all afraid of failure. And so failure can look like so many things to so many people. It could look like a bad grade on your report card. It could look like you not achieving something that you want to achieve. You know, failure for different people, just like success is different for people, is different for you too. So what are your failures? What are the things that are stopping you um, as, as this list of failures anyway, that are stopping you from trying something new and something different. Um, I really want to hear. Um, but yes, so we allow other people to explore freely. We allow our kids to be curious. We allow them to climb, to climb trees, even though we know a branch could break from underneath of them. We allow them to dig in the dirt, even though we know they can get ringworm. Like we're very giving and very lenient with other people. But when it comes to ourselves, we're so critical. We're so demanding of ourselves when we're only human. And so I think that takes a great, a great deal of like self-empathy um, to, to, to live with yourself and to trust yourself and to allow yourself the space to experiment and play. So we really just need to change the narrative of failure, right? And so let me, I'm, I'm going to present two, two different examples and you tell me which one is a failure in your mind. So the first one is you have a dream and you try it. And you have a dream and you have a desired outcome and it doesn't come out how you think it should come out. Like it doesn't, it doesn't um, give the results that you want. It doesn't yield the results. It doesn't, um, maybe you wanted to write a book and you wanted to sell a million copies and you only sold like a hundred. Okay. So that's, that's the first example. The second example is that you have a book, but you sit on it and you don't write it at all. You don't share it. You don't put it out there, which is really the failure. I believe the second one is the failure. The, 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 um, the allowing the fear to stop you from doing something you really want to try. To me, that is failure, not the first one. The first one is, a, is an effort. It's a try. And so to me, that is a success, right? Um, the definition of failure. So I looked it up and the first example is unsuccessful at achieving one's goal, right? And the second one is neglect to do something. And so to me, of course, like people judge themselves as failures as the first example, right? As the first definition, the unsuccessful um, attempt at achieving one's goal. Okay. So the second one though, the neglect to do something, only one of these is curable. Only one of these is fixable, right? Um, the first one, unsuccessful at achieving one's goal. How is it fixable? We just have to change what our goal is. So maybe, like I said, if you're, if you're fundraising and your goal is to raise $100, you can't control how much money people give you. That can be a goal. That can be an awesome goal to raise $100, right? But you don't control people's pockets. You don't control when people get paid. You don't, you don't control how many people see like your ad or see your post, right? But what you can, con- but focusing on what you can control can turn you into a success. So if instead of focusing on how much money you raise, which again, you have no say in that, right? And instead of focusing on, you know what? I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to send five emails a day to each person raising awareness for this cause. And if they feel led to give, wonderful. If not, that's fine too. But if the goal is, to send five emails a day, you're a success. And you do that, you're a success, right? Like you're, you're taking control of your own actions. You're taking control of what you can do. The problem I think for us, and I do this all the time too, is that we, one, we judge our successes based on what other people determine as success. We also judge our failures based on things we cannot control. We are human. 
We are human. We are flawed individuals. There is no way that we can predict anything perfectly. The weatherman can't predict the weather perfectly. He says it's going to rain today and it'd be sunny, or he said it's going to be sunny today. And then all of a sudden it's, it's thunderstorming. You know what I'm saying? We have such limited, um, limited reach, limited scope um, that it's crazy that we would even try to determine for ourselves what perfect is and what a success is because we don't have the qualifications to do it. It's just, it's just not possible. So learning, learning from, from this, right? We can change our definition of failure into something else and make it a success. So we should see our failures as a learning opportunity. And I'm sure you've heard this before. Like if you fail, this is just something that you learn and you take with you and you bring with you for the rest of your life, right? Now let's look at science fair experiments, right? When we're, when we're in school, we had those God awful science fair projects that we had to do. And every year um, we would have to come up with something new, some sort of question that we want to have answered. And I used to have a science fair board in here, but it's okay. Um, so the first part is one, of course, picking like what you're going to study, what your question is. But the, the second part is picking a hypothesis. And the hypothesis is like an educated guess, right? It's saying, based on these things, based on what I know, what I've experienced, what I've seen, what I've heard, this is what I think the outcome is going to be. So let's say you're growing a plant. We did a lot of plant experiments um, in this house um, because my mom has a green thumb. So based on what I know from my mother, based on what I know about soil, based on what I know about the conditions that this plant needs to thrive and survive, I think this plant will grow this, this tall. You know what I'm saying? And again, that's kind of a bad example because I can't control how tall the plant will grow. But either way, we'll just keep going with this. So, so okay, so great. So I'm using that, right? Then you have these trials, you have these, um, these experiments. So not only do you just have one plant, right? You have a lot of plants. You have maybe five plants. Um, and the idea is to create some sort of control and to figure out if this, like, say if the plant doesn't grow at all, say the seed dies, right? You don't want to just depend on that one seed to be like, oh, the experiment failed. No, but if all the other four plants grew, then something might just be wrong with that seed. It might just be dead. You know what I'm saying? So you have five other, I'm sorry, four other um, plants for this experiment. And so you're using your experience, your hands-on experience in growing the plant. You're using the data that you're collecting to really be like, hmm, is my hypothesis working? I don't know. And then at the end, say if I said my plant was going to grow five inches, right? And it only grew four okay, the conclusion is that I was wrong. The conclusion is actually it takes plants longer to grow taller. I don't know. So, silly, simple example, right? And so we also, at the end of those projects, even though we had the hypothesis, we did the experiment, um, we did um, the conclusion, right? We also had to answer, what would I do different next time? What would I do different next time? And it's so funny because, no, I'm not a scientist, but I feel like we can use that same thought process in our everyday lives. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe that it'll come out like this. So I'm doing the experiment. I'm doing things. I'm doing multiple, I'm doing it multiple times, right? So when I hear my first no, when I'm asking to raise money, it's like, it's not going to shut me down. It's like, okay, I'll ask all these other people, right? Or if I'm sending an email and I send five and maybe I realize, okay, I can only really send three emails a day. Five is too much. You know what I'm saying? Like you're doing the process, you're figuring out what works, what doesn't, and you're tailoring your experiment. Um, to, to better fit you. And then at the end, you come to your conclusion and then you ask yourself, okay, if I do this fundraising event, for example, next time, what would I do differently? And again, failure presents this opportunity for us to pivot. 
Maybe you decide, like I said, that this isn't working. Five emails a day is not working. Only three can work. So I'm going to do three instead. You know, this works better for me. I'm not overwhelmed. I can handle this plus the workload I have for the day. You know what I'm saying? And maybe you decide that the outcome, maybe, okay, you're raising money and you realize, actually, I just want to go volunteer. Maybe you realize raising money isn't your thing. Maybe you realize that volunteering is your thing. You're more hands-on. You want to be in the in the, um, in the the fray. You want to be in the community actually making change. You know what I'm saying? So if we apply that same grace that we, that we applied to ourselves when we were kids, that our teachers applied to us, that our parents applied to us um, with these science fair experiments, then we'll be more apt to do more experiments. You know, we'll be more apt to try things differently next time. There'll be an opportunity for there to be a next time if we allow ourselves to really think of what we're doing as an experiment. So yeah, so we should change how we see our endeavors um, for whatever success we're, we're searching for, right? So one, you don't wanna put too many goals, too much stress on your goals and your dreams. Like this isn't the end all be all. Again, like the example about the five plants, you have five plants. If one fails, that's okay. If two fails, that's okay too. If all five fail, that's okay. If they all die, that's okay. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do next? You know, I think if we start to realize that we are finite, you know, human beings that, that are, that are, that our resources, that our wealth of knowledge is finite, that we're just trying to figure it out. We're just all making it up as we go. Um, we'll be more lenient and graceful with ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, it, our whole worth and our whole value system will not depend on these, using air quotes, failed experiments. And I really just want to tr- try to use a different word on these experiments, right? So there, there isn't, this isn't an end-all be-all because we have so much to learn. Like, you're here to learn. You're here to experience. You're, you're, the only way that you're going to become better at something is by learning. The only way that those people that you look up to that are doing amazing things are doing amazing things is because they weren't afraid to fail. Or they maybe they were and they did fail and they became better. You know what I mean? So we, I, like I said, I believe we should change the name for failure. I think we should start to call it an experiment. It gives yourself room and permission to experiment, to play around, to fiddle with things, to, to not be so rigid on the path that we think success is on, um, to fall on our faces, to tailor it, to edit it. Um, so like cooking, like when you're cooking a meal and you want to try some new spices, if, it, if you don't really like the turmeric you're putting on your food, you're not going to be like, oh, this is a failed meal. No, you're going to eat and be like, eh, next time I don't want so much turmeric. It's not that big of a deal, right? It's still food. It's still edible, you know, hopefully. So it's like, it's not the end of the world. But when we look at our goals and stuff like this, we put way too much pressure on it that they weren't supposed to hold. And then we wonder why we're crumbling under pressure. We wonder why, you know, we have such low self-esteem because we're putting so much on ourselves that we're not meant to carry. Um, and also when you're experimenting, you're more gentle with yourself. Think of yourself when you were a kid doing those science fair experiments, right? You're playing around with the plants. You're, use, you're using different soil, you know, and if it didn't work, it didn't work. And it's okay. Like you would still get a good grade just because you did it. You know what I'm saying? You might not win the science fair, you know, but again, that should be, that should be you defining what success is. What is the actual goal? Is it to win the science fair or to just experiment? You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, you're winning the science fair depends on other people's opinions. Maybe just start with your own opinion first. You know what I mean? Start with your own experiment first before you share it with the world. Also feel like we should start to call stuff beta. So if you ever use a program online or like software, so B-E-T-A, right? So beta. So when people say a program or something is in like the beta phase, it means it's not perfect. There's going to be glitches. There are going to be things that probably fail and like crash or whatever, but they're letting you know, hey, this is, this is what we're going to. This is what we want to happen. But we know that it's probably going to have a lot of bugs that we have to fix and everything like that, right? 
if we start to call our experiments beta, like versions of things or our movements or our, you know, nonprofits or our groups, beta versions, uh, we one let people know like, hey, I'm not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. But we also say that to ourselves and it gives us more freedom to play around. We don't bug out when things fail. We don't bug out when things crash. We don't um, we don't rip our hair out when stuff is like just not working the way we want to because we already know we're in the beta phase. This isn't, I don't even, what is it? Well, this is not the, like the solidified phase. Also in the beta stages, you're able to get feedback. Like if I'm using a program and it's in beta, they want to ask, like they usually want to ask like, oh, what do you think about the program so far? Let us know. They're open for um, correction. They're open for um, some I guess some tips or, you know, as much as I can give, like, hey, it would be easier to use this program if you had X, Y, and Z, you know, with little knowledge that I have, like just user, user stuff. And so in the same way, when we're in the beta phase of a project or a movement, we're more open to some criticism, constructive criticism. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt us, but it doesn't hurt our pride and our ego because we know it's not perfect. We never said it was perfect. You know what I mean? Like we're trying our best. Perfection will ruin everything for you perfectionism is just the silent killer of dreams. It is. If we think that everything has to be perfect that we ever do, we'll never do anything. Because like I said, we're human. Nothing's perfect. Everything's flawed. Everybody's just figuring it all out, putting it all together and hoping for the best. That's all we're really doing. But the process, when we're focused on perfectionism, the process becomes arduous. It becomes like safe. We're less likely to experiment. We start looking like carbon copies of other people because we see this successful person over here and they have success and they have what we want. So let me just mirror myself, um, just, just be a carbon copy of them. Let me just do what they're doing as opposed to being secure in myself to be like, you know, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna play around and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, again, I keep going back to this little kid experiment because they're fearless until we teach them fear, until we teach them that they should wanna be like other people. They're happy being themselves. They don't care if they're finger painting with their feet. Like they wanna do stuff just because they want to do it and because it makes them feel good. We need to adopt that same mentality, that same um, spirit in creating. You know what I mean? Um, and so when you think about failure, the question we should really ask ourselves, sorry, I got to plug up my computer. The question we should really be asking ourselves is what is the worst that can happen? What is the, like literally, what is the worst that can happen? If I fail, what is the worst possible outcome? I'll use me an example as an example. I'm showing, I'm showing up here and I do get nervous when I'm talking to the camera. I can't really see who's there. You know what I'm saying? Until after I finish and then I can like respond. Um, but like, what is the worst that can happen? What happened yesterday was my camera, um, sorry, my internet connection got lost. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, the internet connection is gone. Like all is lost. And I'm like, okay, it's an easy fix. Just connect your computer back to the internet on, on your hotspot on your phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then go back live. That is the worst that can happen. The worst that can happen is that nobody can watch. The worst that can happen is which happened. On, so, so I'm streaming this here on Facebook, but I'm also streaming on YouTube. The worst that can happen is someone doesn't like it. And that happened yesterday. Somebody like thumbs down me, you know what I mean? And, and of course it's like, oh, you know what I mean? But I'm here, I'm alive. That is the worst that can happen. Honestly, the worst, worst that can happen is me never showing up to do it. That would be the failure. Not me trying it and then people don't like it. You know what I'm saying? That's a failure to them, not me. Um, I should not hold my value so close to what other people think. And I know I'm saying this to you because I'm saying it to myself um, because it's frustrating. I get so mad at myself because I care so much about what other people think. I care so much about failing and looking stupid and saying the wrong thing and pronouncing the word wrong and like just stuff that really doesn't matter that shouldn't get in the way of getting something done. But oftentimes it does 
because I'm so worried about looking silly or failing, right? So what if you fail? What is the worst possible outcome that could happen? The benefit of failing is that it happens, right? When you fail, you've already seen the worst possible outcome. And you're like, it's not that bad down here. Like I had, there have been times, like I've been afraid of being broke. I've been afraid of not having money. And I literally have like dollars in my account. Like when I say dollars, I mean less than 10, right? And I'm like, yo, I am broke, but I am okay. It's almost, failing is almost freeing because these bond, this bondage that we put on ourselves, like to avoid failure, to avoid looking dumb, when we end up looking dumb, it's freeing because it's almost like God is showing us like, this is what happens when you fail and it's okay. You're still here. Like you're still valuable. You still matter. This is what happens when you misspeak. This is what happens when you're dead broke. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not the end of the world and all this pressure and all this um, attention that we're putting on our failures is really just distracting us from what we should be doing. And, I, and again, I'm saying this to you as I say it to myself because I do the same thing. So much time caught up in what other people think and me looking like a success versus a failure. You know what I'm saying? Um, so to that, I feel like the, the only way to um, beat the fear of failure is by failing. But they have like, we were watching Parks and Rec yesterday and they made a joke about being one of the, one of the cures to some phobias is to be exposed to them. So if you have a phobia of turtles or something, I guess you get exposed to turtles. But I think if you're afraid of failing, like we all are in some way, I think the best way to get over that fear is to keep failing and to fail often. Again, that's a, that's a cliche statement, but it's true. Like if I keep failing, I'm going to be like a superhero. I'm going to be like so resilient. I'm going to get up and keep on pushing because I already look dumb. You know, if I sing a song on stage and I'm off key, okay. You know what I mean? Like it will suck. It will hurt in the moment. I'll probably be embarrassed. But the point is, I've seen what happens now if I, if I sing off key. I've seen what happens, like I said, if I'm broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's the most freeing experience. And no, I don't think everybody should just go broke just to see what happens. But for me, it was a fear. It was a fear. And I think God dealt with that fear by putting me in that situation. Like, yo, I got you. I got your needs. Like, relax, chill. Like, you, you putting all this stock into your bank account, which can't save you anyway. And also, I give you the money. I give you the resources. And it was only from me being broke and seeing and having to depend on other people and one, seeing the goodness of God and how generous he is, but also like how he's the one that's providing these opportunities. He's the one that's providing me my food. He's literally giving my, me my daily bread, like really experiencing that for myself. And to, and to a lot of people, that would be a failure that you, you failed, you, you messed up. Like you're, you're, you're less than an adult or whatever, like whatever judgment they have to say, I'm glad that it happened. And so, like I said, I think the only cure for failure is for us to put ourselves in positions to fail. The only way for me to get over my fear of, pub of speaking publicly, even if it's on this platform, is to speak publicly, is to speak my mind, to show up here and do it. That's the only way to work through um, these things that we consider like life and death. And then we realize how small and how silly they really are. So, um, so yeah, so fail, fail often, fail hard. Practice on stage. Like if you're, if you're a singer, go live and sing, you know what I'm saying? And see what happens. If you're, if you're learning guitar, like practice, you know what I'm saying? Like these are the only ways that we can get over that fear. So I'm really pushing that because when I want to do that, but I also want you to do that because I don't want us to keep living in fear of failure and failure is not the end all be all. And it's a gift. Failure is a gift. So yeah. So have great grace with yourself. Excuse me. When you're exercising, I will say this. Um, I heard somewhere that when you're exercising, you know, people who like lift weights to the point of failure, to the, meaning that they lift weights until they can't lift weights anymore. Like they literally have no more strength to do it, right? 
which means you've exerted all of your energy um, in lifting and lifting these weights. I'm not a bodybuilder, so what I'm saying, I could be butchering it. Please let me know if I'm wrong. Um, but people use this method to gain muscle, to gain strength. You know what I'm saying? So when you're exercising, they're like little micro tears that are happening, happening in your muscles. And so the only way to build the strength is by doing little micro tears so that it can build more and then more and more and more. Like that's how muscles built, abbreviated version. So if we continue to fail, if we continue to go until failure, we'll one, become more resilient, but also we'll learn things to better our experience in the future. That's the only way that we can learn. That's the only way we can gain that courage muscle that we talked about a few days ago is by actually executing things in courage. Um, we wait until we're, until we're courageous to do something. It's never going to happen. You're never going to be courageous enough until you actually do it. You have to prove to yourself, prove to your mind, right, that's trying to protect you. You have to prove to your mind that we're okay, that we're going to survive, that we've done hard things before. You know, we can do hard things now in the future. Like, we have to set that record straight for ourselves. Um, and be proud of your failure. Like I said, if you fail, that means you showed up and you tried. And to me, that's a win. That's a win any day. Um, when we change our definition, when we change like the goal for our failures versus our successes, I feel like that's when we start to free ourselves into being more lenient with ourselves when it doesn't come out the way we want to. We're not like devastated, like when things don't turn out the way we want to. We're like, oh, that didn't work out the way I wanted to. But okay, let's just, let's figure out something else that'll work this time. Um, so yeah, so celebrate each one, celebrate each failure, like literally keep a record of all your failures, all the, all the letters you send out, maybe you're a writer and you're trying to get published and everyone that says no, that shows your bravery, that shows, that shows your tenacity and your grit and your strength. And these are the only things you can acquire through actually doing them. So that was the thing for today. Give yourself permission to be bad at something. Give yourself permission to fail. Um, celebrate each failure as a win. Every time you try, it's a win. And if you're, and if you're trying to make your um, goals, things you can't control, change that because that'll, that'll, always, that'll always disappoint you. The goal isn't, again, to get, you know, like you could want it, right? You could want to, like I said earlier, make $100 like for um, this giving, but you can't control how much money people give you, but you can control how many people you email about, about the mission or cause or whatever. Focus on the things that you can control. Like me showing up here today, this is a win for me. No matter who watches, no matter who's not watching, because I'm actually trying, I'm actually showing up. I'm actually proving to myself that I can do hard things. And so I hope this was helpful. I hope this was encouraging. And until tomorrow, uh, this is day 10. So we have four more days of this and I'm excited to share it with you guys. But until tomorrow, guys, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful rest of the week and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.